listening to Not Another Origin Story. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Benny... Benny? Ben Chapman. Oh, Benny C! <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Oh. Ben! That's what I call you when you're not around to ben. other people. Chapman. Good old Benny Chaps. Good old Blunderman. Wow, that one went <laughs> askew at the end. Welcome to another mini-sode for not another origin story. Uh, you already know the story, come on. You know what we're up here for. Um, Pogues and I are just here to educate you on the next film coming up in the docket. Um, and, and to tell you to make sure to go back and listen, if you have not, to the Doctor Strange episode. It has probably one of our best runs of jokes in it in a section in which none of us can pronounce Ben Benedict Cumberbatch's name correctly. Oh, Blamber Blamberbin Clamberpan. Um <clears throat> but uh if you're if you're if you've mistakenly stumbled upon this episode or perhaps your podcast app just started rolling into the next thing in the list and you somehow ended up with this and you're currently fiddling for the pause button, uh <clears throat> we keep these short we let you know about the movie, about the background of the film, and uh, again, as Pogues pointed out, we encourage you to listen back to uh, a fantastic episode on uh, on Doctor Strange, which just came out. We have a lot of information about uh, some of the production behind the film, and mostly just things to say about how well it was adapted. Adapted. Yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. We recommend it. We get a little nitpicky, but that's sometimes the nature of the podcast, because it's not always great to listen to people, you know give a movie a hand job for an hour <laughs> so we got some good jokes in there but check it out and if you i would recommend going seeing the movie and then listening to the podcast but this next film we're going to do next up on the old chopping block probably would be hard to go see in a theater because this movie is sweet baby jesus i just realized it's over 25 years old wow oh, that, fuck. that makes me feel so fucking old <laughs> choked us in water i was about to drink that's insane. This oh, movie is no. 26 years old. No, I saw no, this no. movie when I was a young, just a young boy. Uh, it, it spawned perhaps my love of these characters, or maybe I liked them before the movie. I don't remember. But I'm talking about the original 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm talking guys in suits dressed as turtles. I'm talking very stereotypical Japanese accents. <laughs> I'm talking weird pizza fetishes. <laughs> it's got everything, guys. An hour and 30 minutes is this movie. That's how you know you've got a good kids movie when they're just like, mm, they can't sit for an hour 45. <laughs> What's the minimum we need to be considered a theatrical release? <laughs> 90 minutes? Done. Uh, this <laughs> this film was, is, is kind of a, a, a staggering achievement, too, because this, this movie was um, – its pre-production began in 88 – uh, it came out in 1990, uh, so it, it came out a year after Batman, but Batman, Tim Burton's Batman that we covered in our very first episode um, was uh, not out yet, so comic book movies were fucking box office poison. <laughs> they were not... Yes. There was no precedent besides ages ago Superman movies at this point, which had immediately gone into the toilet after, like, number one. Um, yeah, number two's okay, and then it's just a downhill shit fest. I mean, we're talking. There's, there's four of these. You know that, right? Four what? Ninja Turtles movies? No, four Superman movies. Oh yeah, 
The fourth one is where he fights like Nuclear Man. It was made by Canon Films. Yeah, Quest for Peace is right at the end. So right before this movie was entering production, uh, Howard the Duck was still like just <laughs> floating around, hadn't been flushed all the way yet. So I mean, you would think after seeing that they would be like, "We are not putting anybody in a fucking animatronic suit." <laughs> like, there's no way after we saw Howard the Duck. And what's crazy is I don't know if you, have you ever read any of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics. I have. They're not like the originals. They're not yeah. friendly. To they are not kid friendly. They no. they the foot soldiers are people and they get stabbed repeatedly and die. I mean, it's yeah. a weird series when you really go and look at it to be adapted. Uh, ben mentioned that this was a staggering achievement, and here's where it gets really surprising. What do you think the budget for this movie was? See, I actually, keep in mind they built they built four Ninja Turtle outfits that had animatronics produced by the Jim Henson Company. They've got a talking rat. They're filming in New York City. Hey, folks. Yeah? I got real messed up audio. Just that Aww. last minute there. Wait. Hmm. We're good. Talk some more? Okay. I'm talking right now. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Yeah, it just it got real garbled there for a minute. Um, all right, so let's just put a 10-second here and uh, just go back to talking about the Jim Henson company. And we'll be good. Okay. All right, so they built three Ninja Turtle suits produced by the Jim Henson company. And then you've got a rat suit. They're filming in New York City. Uh, how much do you think this movie cost? See, $1990. See, here's the thing that makes this a, tr a tricky one is those suits, I mean, the Jim Henson suits couldn't have cost, I mean, they're not, they're not as expensive as like a crazy like CGI movie. So it's kind of hard to... Uh, would, you, would you like a bizarre clue? Okay, yeah, yes, I would. Here is a bizarre clue. This movie's budget is uh, over two times the budget for Mallrats, a movie which came out in 1994. Interesting. Mallrats was pretty low budget. I'm sorry, 96, I think, is when Mallrats came out. Hmm. So think about that. This movie has roughly twice the budget of that film. I have no idea what that film was. I'm going to say 10 mil. That's not a bad guess. Uh, Mallrats had a $6 million budget. I knew it would be low. Okay. I, uh, don't ask me why I know that, but for some reason I do. Yeah. What do you mean, don't ask you how you know that? I mean, well, it's just a weird fact of all... Have you met us? <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> uh, the budget was $13.5 million. Holy shit. This is a, a decent amount of change in the 90s, but what's impressive is, is when you think about it, this movie, one, has like a lot of extras, which is not something you see in, in low-budget movies. No. But the suits had to cost probably, to build all of them, probably like a million dollars maybe, because, you know, there, there has to be multiple versions of them or whatever. The movie's not great, and it looks like it's filmed mostly in abandoned buildings, but $13 million is a good budget, but not like where you'd be like, oh my god, I can't believe they gave him $13 million. How much do you think this movie grossed domestically, just in the United States? $50 million? No. $132 million, or $135 million. Oh, oh. It grossed... You got, <laughs> they got $132 million off of off that budget? Yeah, 135. I said it wrong. So they they what? Ten times? Hundred times? The studio must have been pumped. <laughs> yeah, I mean like, and they made an additional Holy 60, shit. 66 million foreign. So the movie made 200 million dollars off of a, a 13 million dollar budget off of a product that, like you said, they've been kicking around for two years and probably were expecting it to be. I mean, I think the cartoon was out by now, so you know there was some presence for the turtles. Maybe, but I mean, they couldn't have expected it to be that big. I mean, that's 
135 million dollars is good for like a normal movie you know although i guess i mean that was the budget for doctor strange <laughs> so you can see the times have changed um the thing is, if you've read, I've actually read a lot about this movie in the past, and I'll probably talk about it a lot during the episode. But like the the animatronics and the production of this movie is bonkers. I mean, they had multiple suits, some with just rubber foam padding for the fight scenes. Others had like whole electronic riggings in the shells that would control the face with small little motors. It's it's insane. <laughs> it's yeah, these out. movies are like when you actually hear the stories about the people in the suits, you wonder how this film was made without an insurance company coming in and being like, you cannot make this movie. Yeah, I know one of them claimed that it, it made him uh, incredibly claustrophobic because they spent like some of the first um, weeks of shooting just doing like very short scenes, trying to get the hang of how to choreograph giant rubber suit men with, with motor faces. It's just absurd. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be crazy. I mean, the suits have to weigh with the animatronic stuff in them, have to be super heavy, and then loaded in your shit like your like a like a backpack. I mean, the whole thing when you see it, it's it's shocking. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, this this movie comes in forty fourth on the list for comic book adaptions, so not a bad showing for a uh, a sort of small budget comic book movie. Now, before the podcast started. Me and Ben were taking a quick look at uh, the credits for the director of this film. Yeah, I always am super amused to learn of the story that sort of led someone to become the director of one of these movies. Because sometimes it seems like these days the, the, the chance to direct a superhero movie is like a, it's like a treasure. You know what I mean? Like you have to have proven yourself. You have to have had the right connections like to be handed Ant-Man or – Bat or the new Batman movies, like you have to have be a big deal or a big deal to someone. But before superhero movies were a thing, it could just be fucking anybody. <laughs> and this guy proves that point. So Steve uh, Steve Barron was the director of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, I think he only directed the first one, and I think it was handed off after that. He almost exclusively did music videos. But here's the fucking thing. He did really good music videos. Okay, so here's here's his 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 credit roll prior from starting in 82 prior to his directing in 88 of of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He did the um Rosanna Rosanna video for Toto. He did the Billie Jean video for Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's a huge one for somebody. He did uh he did <laughs> Dire Straits, Money for Nothing. Uh-huh. And your chicks for free. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, take on me. Now, this is the interesting credit. Because yeah. I feel like he went to a movie studio and was like, here's my, my demo reel of my directing. And they were like, we got a comic book movie. This aha video, this guy becomes a comic book. Give this guy the movie. <laughs> like, I think, I wonder if that's like what they saw. And they were like, well, I, I think have, we've got our director. This I guy have, knows how to do comic books. I have the answer in... Uh, you and our listeners might not know about it, but do you are you familiar with the Storyteller television series? Yeah, yeah, I remember that, like on VH1. Uh, it's like a Jim Henson thing. Oh no, I'm thinking of something different then. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think it was almost on British television, but it was on like some of the Jim Henson Hour. All these things are things most people have not heard of. Either way, it was um, it was like short stories done with puppeteering, and uh, and Steve Barron directed like. 
five episodes or something uh, uh, from 98 to 97 to, to 80, uh, 87 to 89. So he was working with Jim Henson and he had the in to pitch an idea to him about doing a movie with, you know, full body animatronic, uh, full body puppeteering. Uh, so wow. that's that's how this happened, and somehow he's they, either a, like a genius or I know they must have. Like, <laughs> I can't think of what else he would be. I don't know where they must have filmed. I mean, obviously they filmed establishing shit in New York, but I don't know where they filmed or got the actors to build these suits and and do the whole thing for thirteen million. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, it is crazy that I mean, it's a pretty big chance because if these suits don't work, which I mean, I'm gonna be honest, they don't. Uh, you know, it's a rough sell, but uh, it's also sort of interesting because, you know, like, uh, all the turtles are actually just stuntmen, and then they just pay people to do the voice. They're not actors or anything. Right. So, Isn't, isn't Corey Feldman one of the voices? Yes, he's the voice of Donatello. He was not invited back, and I'm sure you can go ahead and take a guess why. <laughs> I think he was accused of cocaine at this time, too. What? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think Corey was... Feldman does drugs? Uh, no! <laughs> yeah, if you saw his recent music video on Ellen, I think uh... that answers any question you've ever had about what happens when you do too many drugs. I did see it. It's not um, great, guys. It is not great. So the the interesting thing for me here is that uh, I, I just I don't remember this movie in its entirety. I remember... The look of it, I remember a couple of key scenes. I don't think I could fill uh, whatever the, the two hours worth of screen time with whatever happened in this movie. I couldn't tell you. So I'm really excited to rewatch it. I, I honestly do not remember. Like, I get It and Secret of the Ooze, the one everybody remembers because it had uh, Samurai? Vanilla Ice. Oh, that was the third one that had Samurai in it. Yeah, yeah. the third one was yeah Samurai, which interesting choice. Not really. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I can't remember which one, is, like, what happens in this one besides uh, there's turtles in it. So, <laughs> and I believe they do martial arts. Well, I don't want to say definitively that's the plot. <laughs> I want to leave I, something open for... One thing I hope to get into is, um, uh, not, not to bring another podcast into this podcast, but... Um, there's a really great podcast out there on the Earwolf Network because I was th- I was there too. It's uh, one of my favorite comedians, Matt Gorley, interviews oh, people who were on Famous Movies. So he does um, the woman who played the mother to John Connor, who like is killed in Terminator 2. Uh, she also famously played uh, um, oh shit, I forget her name. Uh, the really tough ass, tough as nails uh, soldier in Aliens, the one with like uh, the Latina. Uh, soldier who's got the big fucking gun on her hip. I can't remember. I do not remember her name. I, I, it's been a long time. Since Either way, she played both those characters, and he interviews her and talks all about the production. It's very cool. One of the ones I really recommend is is uh, is the guy who played one of the two voices for the twin-headed alien that commentates... <laughs> Star Wars the, Episode the, One. Yeah, the podcast race in Star Wars Episode One. Uh, it's Greg Proops. He's a famous improv comedian. Um fucking hilarious because he's like super not crazy into star wars anyway the point i'm getting at is that there's an episode uh uh that is with um shit one of the one of the voice act one of the one of the people in the movie who worked on it uh on the one of the voices of the main characters and talks all about what it was like behind the scenes so 
I may, I'm, I'm going to make sure to come fully prepared with as much information. I think it's actually one of the guys who was a turtle, like a stuntman in the yeah. suit. I think he played yeah. Raphael in the second movie or something. So, so well, Ben will have some new information. That is yes. a good podcast. I do recommend it. Matt Gorley is hilarious. His other podcast, uh, James Bonding, if you like James Bond. So fantastic. It's him and Matt Mira talking about James Bond movies, as the title would suggest. And he does probably the funniest thing in the world is when he does his imitation of uh, – what's the guy who wrote James Bond's name? I can't think of. Ian Fleming. Yeah. His imitation of Ian Fleming is like so ridiculously off but so good. Uh, I had a quick – just a quick little game to play with you. I can't find oh. the notes from the other game I made. Okay. So maybe one day I'll find that. But this is just a quick uh, – as, as people know, we do the, the budgets on – or the – how much money movies have made. And when we started, Ben was not great at it. <laughs> yeah, he's, sure. he's gotten better, and I think it really shows. So I created this game, and here it is. I'm going to give you three movies. You have to tell me which one of them grossed the most money. Okay, all right. All right. This, all right. this is a terrible game for me, but all right. All right, the first one, and these are in no order, obviously. Uh, 1989's Batman. Iron Man, right. and the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Oh, boy. So, I'm inclined to... I did not adjust these for inflation either, so this is just what they okay. made, so keep that in mind. I'm inclined to give it to the later films, because if anything's taught me is that traditionally films early on, you obviously had a smaller budget, but that Timber and this is this is their the This is what they made, not their budget. Oh, right, right, right. Um, so this is how much they grossed. I'm going to go with Tobey Maguire Spider-Man in that case. That is correct. Which do you think made the net? Which one do you think made more, Iron Man or Batman? Batman than Iron Man. No, Iron Man than Batman. Ah, damn. Ah, I but right. yeah, but I, I, Spider Man was like, it was a cultural like pillar in terms of yeah, filmmaking. yeah. I was surprised though that it beat Iron Man because I thought Iron Man did amazing, but I guess Spider Man did more amazing. I remember like the fervor around that time, like signs and posters everywhere. Anyway, all right, move on. Next one. Speaking of movies that have signs in them. Uh, this movie featured a famous sign, which we posted on our Facebook page. Uh, send the mu- send the mutants to the moon, I believe, is the sign of on <laughs> yes. like what appears to be a Christmas tree. The first X Men movie, yep. Yes, yeah, so the first X Men movie, Captain America: The First Avenger, okay, and Batman Returns: The Danny DeVito Stinkfest. And Batman Returns is the second Batman, right? Yes. All right, I'm gonna give it to Batman Returns, X Men, and then the third one that I forgot. No, it's Captain America, Batman Returns, and then X-Men. Damn it. Really? Captain America beat everybody out? Yeah. You gotta That's be kidding me. That's not that me. surprising. I don't, I don't think Batman Returns did that. Well, keep in mind, too. I'm just trying I, to catch I did adjust them for inflation, so probably if you adjusted them, Batman Returns probably won. Yeah, I'm just trying to ride on the idea of popularity. And I know Batman, when 89 Batman came out, it was all everyone was talking about. So when the sequel would come out, I would assume that it would have been a Yeah, a I'm sure game. if I adjusted it. It would probably win, but I didn't. So, all right, this is the last one. I remember a lot of talk about X-Men, but I don't remember that much fervor over Captain America. Huh. All right, move on. He's he's America's hero. What do you know? He's as American as apple pie, which I'm fairly certain is not from America. Or Donald Trump. Uh... (laughs) We we don't need to go into that. This podcast is a safe space for our listeners to get away from the evil timeline we live in. All right, question three. All right, question three. These are, I mean, I've, I've named some powerhouse films, you'd agree, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Well, no more than these three films. Probably the trifecta of comic book movies. And, of course, these are all movies we have watched. The Phantom. Oh, God. 
a movie that starred uh, everybody not acting except for Treat Williams, who decided to make up for nobody else acting by overacting as much as possible. Yep, yep. The Thomas Jane Punisher, okay. which, uh, to make up for not having a story, just made a really long film. <laughs> and Josie and the Pussycats, a movie that made up for not having brawls by making the movie just unenjoyable to watch. Uh, so, yeah, one more time, Josie, uh, the Phantom. Josie, the Pussycats, the Phantom, and the Punisher. Thomas Punisher, James, the Punisher. Punisher. Uh, I'm going to go Punisher, Josie, Phantom. No, that's good, though. It, it's Punisher is first, then the Phantom, then Josie. All right. I, I can get one in the order right, but never. I, hey, I'm I'm impressed. I didn't know if you'd be able to get them. <laughs> I, that was I cannot figure out what the hell I did with those notes, guys. I had a game, and that was one of the things on the game, and I can't remember what the other game was. It had like two parts, and that's the only part I remember, <laughs> which is the least interesting of the two parts. But I could not remember now what the other part was. Oh, I think I did some more uh, character names. <laughs> to see if you could name a movie based on the character names that I read. Yeah, we gotta get back into that. I, I have a game uh, that works for you, so that's just encouraging to check in with the next mini Ah, uh, I do love these games. Alright, well, next week, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm sure it's available to rent from Amazon, if not on some streaming service I didn't bother to look. Uh, we'll see you then with that. Until then, I got nothing. <laughs>